Welcome to the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil and Renee, where amazing things happen. Our goal is to help build, repair, and restore healthy relationships. Our primary focus is on the marriage relationship. However, the topics are applicable to the relationships that we value most. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow. You know, babe, last week we had an awesome opportunity to interview a young man that had a lot of great things to say. And he actually shared a lot of great wisdom for someone his age, especially when you're single and you're saved, as we titled his show. And satisfied. And satisfied. And so Renee and I had actually a great idea. It would be awesome if we could talk to some of the influencers that he mentioned. His decision board. His decision board that he <laughs> mentioned in his episode. And we actually have that opportunity to talk to those great influencers. The young man we're talking about is Jeffrey Dudley. If you heard his episode last week, it was very, very timely for what we're going through right now with yeah. the singleness and things that people are going through. But now we have- a lot of hope too. A lot of hope, always. And so now we actually have the opportunity to talk to his awesome parents. We're talking about Bishop Jeffrey Dudley Sr. And First Lady, as she likes to be called, Lady D. Lady D. We're going to be talking to them on this episode of the Rich Relationship Podcast with Gil. And Renee. Stand to. Well, we are so excited to have you guys here, Bishop Dudley and Lady D. Tell everybody a a little bit about your amazing love story. Well, thank you so much for having us. Uh, We're certainly honored to have us. I don't know how awesome we are. (laughs) <laughs> According to Jeff, you, you, you would be surprised. You know, Bishop, one of the things that Jeff mentioned on his show was he it was amazing that he talked about some of his influence and and you were at the top of his list, which was awesome to hear from a young man. You know, sometimes parents, we don't get to hear those things all the time. So you have it recorded. You have evidence. <laughs> yeah, I paid him well. To, he eats here free. That's how, <laughs> that, that's how that works. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about your love story and how you all met and how you created this beautiful family legacy. Well, it was it was an amazing story. Bishop and I met at church. We had gone to the same church for uh, years, 15, 16 years old, one Sunday night after church, the man follows to the car, start you giving me his line, you know. <laughs> like, uh, you know, where you've been all my life or something. Oh, he had game already, huh? Yeah, he, he threw <laughs> game at me already and, and everything. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I wasn't interested. I am going to tell you the real story. Okay, right? oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> So <laughs> I I did not care for him. I did not like him. He he pursued me uh, for five years or more. We would go to church, and I would we would leave right after church. And I was trying to get home because I did not want him to see me or <laughs> to get to me. Well, I would get home, and before I could get home, good. Here he is, pulling up in the driveway. He was stalking you. He was stalking me. He was stalking me. And the bad part about this, and and I got to tell you the truth, I would go and hide. Uh (laughs) Bishop, did you know all this was going on when when this was happening? That uh, she was chasing after me? (laughs) See, I will give you your chance to revision this history, right? (laughs) 
tell the truth. Yeah, the, um, I often say to her, um, the fact that she didn't like me was concerned. <laughs> it was just a challenge, huh? Yeah. What does that have to do? She didn't like me. Uh, I didn't have. To, what did that have to matter with it? Uh, right. That's completely irrelevant. So that's kind of how my view was. I knew that. So I dated the pastor's, the pastor's son. And so I leveraged the pastor's child. Um, no matter how bad they are. <laughs> I was was bad, but I just knew her mother wasn't going to respond. I mean, I knew all of this. The fact that she didn't really care. So, Lady D, what didn't you like? I don't know. He just had this air about him where I thought that he thought that he was all that. You know, one of these cool brothers that you can't touch. Uh, And how old was he? It, well, when he first approached me, he was like 16, seven, 17, um, 16 years See, old. Yeah, Because, Bishop, Bishop, you started ministry when you were 13, wasn't it? When you were right. early in your teens? Yeah, yeah, right. I was I was 13 when I preached my initial sermon. So I had been preaching three years, and I, and I knew that her mother would know that I was a good Okay. <laughs> and so, therefore, I was made, forced, handcuffed. <laughs> <laughs> prearranged. <laughs> what is prearranged <laughs> to date this man that I didn't care for? And this went on. He, you know, he he pursued. My husband is one of these people, and I and we'll be married thirty eight years next month. Oh, beautiful. He's one of these people that when he wants something, he's gonna go after it. You heard what he said. It didn't matter to him. Yeah. Right. I didn't like him. He, you know, he he pursued, and I was, and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I was a very low-key young lady. I didn't club. I didn't party. I was not one of those type of people. I was pretty much kind of a homebody, and he, he shared with me later that you know, he knew the, the the life that he the path that he was be taken as a mister a pastor and everything and he knew the type of woman that he wanted so all of the other women that he may have dated they were just pastime and he had a specific type of mind that he wanted and so he he after me um, to kind of sum all of this up. So this went on for a while, and finally, you know, I I it was in college. I sent her, and I told him, friend, you know. She started begging. I <laughs> well, you she all. started begging. The, here's the period is here's the abbreviated version, right? This is the correct version, right, Bishop? Yeah, the deal is that she thought I was thinking all of that myself. I never thought those things. It may have appeared to be that, but I never thought all of that. So I think her putting that off delayed her from really seeing. Right. So so now I actually have a two-part question for you, Bishop, on that. How, how long did you date before you knew that Lady D was the one for you? And before you knew she was the one, what made you have that that sole focus and attention on her? Well, you know, and, and we are, you know, being candid um, as, you know, I think beneficial to uh, the hearers. Um, I was dating. She wasn't my high school. So I had. 
had a high school sweetheart or someone that I was dating, but I would also um, want to talk to her. And I remember one time that I had, you know, I'd gone to church, coming up in the South from North Carolina, you know, your two Sunday churches, one Sunday church. My dad's church there, where she went, was a two Sunday church. And so I would always go for on second and fourth. And I remember going and I asked her for a picture. She gave me her picture. You know, you know, we're, oh, this is old school. You know, we were only first lady now about 100 years old. So. <laughs> <laughs> that um you know so we're way back in the day where you ch- exchange pictures she gave me her picture and i remember so well uh, i had her picture and i took her picture to my french class uh, in high school and i got it was sitting next to me uh, he and i was flunked same time <laughs> But we weren't, you know, we weren't paying attention. And I showed him her picture, even though, and here's the point, uh, even though I was dating a young lady all through high school, I told him, I said, uh, this is who, Wow. um, you know, because she's she's pretty, she's pretty now. And she's just pretty. You know, that was the thing. Uh, very pretty in church, but she did circle back after all of that pursuing that uh, you can envision um, a rural situation where the rural church is, you know, uh, in a small town, like her house, and and uh, she wouldn't come out. Uh, her mother wouldn't make her come out. So yes, I did know that she did not want to be bothered with me. Her mother wouldn't make her come out. I'd call her on the phone. She wouldn't answer. She'd put the phone down. Wouldn't say anything. I'd be talking. She wouldn't tell <laughs> So, you know, <laughs> what can I say? When I listen to the conversation, I'm sure that everyone's imagination is going. But, you know, the thing that I hear Lady D you saying is that you were not attracted to him. Right. And the things that so you knew the girl he was dating, correct? No, I, you know, to be honest with you, I did uh, know the whole lot about him. And we we got married and we still didn't know anything about each other. I mean, we knew very little about each other. So it's a miracle that we are still together almost 38 years because we were one of those couples that got married and knew very little about each other. We We didn't know a lot about each other, you know, emotionally nor physically. Wow. And, you know, one of the things that we always talk about, even on the show, is a lot of times, even if you're like in your situation, you may not know or didn't know a lot about each other, but was it the character and the likeness or the similarities that is attracted you to her that you knew, like I heard Lady D say, or you said, this is who I'm going to marry. Was it the character or just the looks that really made you think about this is the one? Well, it, it, it was the looks and um, and I knew I wanted a church girl. I knew, I knew that I wanted um, someone that, uh, how can I say this nicely that had not uh been been around right right um i knew those things so those things attracted me the other things that attracted me to her was uh the fact that um she didn't go to college i went to college uh undergrad at university of north carolina at greensboro and by the time she circled around to realize, you know, hey, this guy does have it going on. <laughs> I was really, I was in a wilderness spiritual time. And mm-hmm. even though I was a preacher, uh, college, I, my college experience was very much flip of that, of what we say of young lady. I was, grew up Pentecostal, grew up very much, don't do this, don't do that. And so when I went to college, I kind of wild out. Mm-hmm. And so by the time she circled around, I was more, I was more 
certain that I wanted her because of all of my escapades in school. And I knew I wasn't going to. I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was wonderful. It was nice. But that's not who I was going to be married. Because I knew what God had called me to. Even though you're in the wilderness, you do have a sense of, you know, this ain't where I'm going to be. Right. And so what attracted me to her was that. I knew where I wanted. And then secondly, my mother was very, we talk about prearranged or marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to my mother. My mother had a great influence in my, um, and, and my dad. And so I would talk to my mother. My mother knew the young lady that I talked to in high school. She knew Glenda and she knew, she knew all of that. And so I asked her, she influenced me greatly. So that had a lot to do with it. She said, you know, I remember well one time I asked her, who should, who should it be? That wasn't her and someone. It was her and someone else. And I, she said, you should, I'll never forget the conversation. She said, uh, you should, you should want to marry or marry uh, Glenda, Lady D. That's who you should marry. She said, because you will have the chance. And, and I hope our listeners don't take offense to this language that uh, this elderly woman used. But we use this language back right. then. She said, you will have the chance to train. Mm. You know, and, and Bishop, and, and one of the things that I listen to is it sounds like you both had a strong family background and a family support system. And, and that which you just communicated alluded to that about your mom playing a, a real big role. My, a good question that I wanted to ask is what impact do you think folks have as far as from a family perspective when it comes to their children and navigating life and relationships, kind of like what you just experienced or just articulated to the point that it actually leads to marriage? What kind of uh, impact do you think that plays on the dating relationship? I think it has a tremendous impact. I think it, um, I think, uh, in fact, we were just jokingly talking to Jeff uh, earlier this week about the fact that uh, he's not, um, uh, he's not, you know, deeply emotionally in, involved with someone right now. And I kidded with him. I said, what we need to do is have a prearranged marriage for you. Yeah, we believe in that too. I think, and, and you know, jokingly, but seriously at the same time, because I think a part of it is that when your emotions and your hormones and the culture get involved, like you had, you could narrow it down to two people. Our children have 500 friends on social media. So it would be a lot harder for us to help them narrow it down or even look at someone that they could help. Like when you said the word train, I I thought of the word someone you can grow with, you can learn with. Mm -hmm. So whereas for my age, I don't hear that in a negative light. But what your mother was saying was you need someone that you can grow together with. Not so much you are training her like a, a pet, but that someone you could share your life with. And so. What would be one of the things that if you could share with a parent in this society of all the social media and all the outside influences, what would be one area where you would speak to your child about the marriage dating relationship? I, I would use the, I would say the same thing. And, and thank you for uh, updating the language of my <laughs> It's okay. It's my and, specialty. And, 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 uh, and, and, and we all, um, had those experiences. And I knew at that point, I knew then, like I said, first lady now, a hundred years old. So, you know, we, you we, we, we yeah. You, <laughs> no, you young lady. D. Yeah. She's, she's, she's a year younger than me. So she's a hundred and I'm 101. <laughs> the thing is this, I, I realized I heard her through 
the language that you just heard. Yes. I did not hear, I mean, uh, I didn't hear a Miss Seeley Oprah, you know. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. I did not hear that at all. What I heard, the very thing that you said, she can, you all can grow together. Yes. And so to, to answer your question, to answer your question, I would say to today, still be that filter. My mother was a filter. She knew her son. He had a close enough relationship. She could filter, um, help me filter. Think to parents today to inject yourself where my mother was. She didn't have to inject herself because right. I was close to her mm-hmm. and I respected her and, and all. But I would say to parents, be intentional, intentional. We're, uh, we're, I'm finished. I finished a book and it's yet to be published about family and five components of a covenant family. One of them is you have to be intentional. And I would say to parents, you have to inject yourself and be intentional about helping them filter uh, the 500 uh, followers and the people that give them the likes. I want to I want to circle back to Lady D because I want she and I to address this because I, I would probably have fit the same mindset of like I was a homebody. I wasn't popular. I wasn't even cute. To these young women who are who think that what makes them attractive to a man is them chasing the man or them giving away something they can't get back. What was able to keep you, Lady D? What kept you from being like like everybody around you? Um, I was I was a very particular uh, person. You know, I I only had one one relationship, one real relationship before I married a bishop. I only had one, and um, I always always felt like I I went to church a lot of a lot of times. It it was just me and my mother. Um, there was something that was drawing me to to church, and I wanted to keep myself pure and and just live and enjoy growing up and wait until I was married to give myself um, to a man. I just felt like I had something to offer, but I wanted to save it for the right man. You know, that's an uh, amazing mindset to have even back then compared to the way it is today, Lady D. And we commend you both and your son represented himself well and your family. And one of the things that he talked about was visions and goals. When you guys were still new in your relationship and in your marriage, were there some visions and goals that you and Bishop kind of identified or talked about or had in mind when you wanted to establish your own family? When you wanted to talk about if you had decided to have kids, obviously you did, you have Mahogany and Jeffrey. So what were some of the visions and goals that you you both had in mind for your own family? Uh, The goals that I had, I I remember when um, Glenda had come around to really getting, uh, you know, saying, okay, to my pursuit. I was in school. I like said she had written me this uh, begging letter wanted a relationship now. And, and so, um, it was an answer to prayer. And so I remember talking to her and sitting out, uh, in my parents' yard on a swing. And I explained to her what I wanted to do. Um, I was a young, uh, person about to go into the military. 
Um, I said I was going to go into the military. I said I was going to uh, be an officer. I was going to be a chaplain. I was going to do this, this, and this. I was going to go to school, so on and so forth. And I laid it all out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I laid it all out. And just, you know, these are the things that I want to do. And so, you know, I wanted to be successful. I wanted to go to school. I wanted to uh, uh, accomplish. Uh, within a couple of years, I, I actually wrote out a the house that I was going to build for her. We weren't married five years. And I carried that with me for the balance of my military career. Um, so I've always been that person that would articulate where I wanted to go. Lady D, I want to ask you a question. What was the event or what was the um, the shift in your heart that made you realize that Bishop was the one? Well, we didn't get to that, but I'll be glad to share that with you. <laughs> <laughs> See, she remembered it. She was bringing it back. Oh, it, it just so happened that he came to see me one Sunday night. I, I remember it. It's such it's so vivid in my mind. I remember it as it was yesterday. He came to see me one night and we sat and we talked for hours. And it was like, you know, you've seen the the on the TV where the little Cupid angel, uh-huh, it's like, the little Cupid fella come <laughs> with his arrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> And it was like it shot me in my heart. Oh, he got that, you. <laughs> that very night, it was like, wow, what just happened? Um, I honestly did not want him to leave. It was that very night that it, it, it was like something just struck in my heart. The scales fell off. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be sincere. <laughs> but you know, what's beautiful in listening to your story is so different from what people think. Mm. People think that in order to have a connection or in order to be, to accept that someone is the one for you, that something has to be sexual. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is that your intimacy was through communication, through you talking. And so when you think about this generation of children who are extremely sexually active, I think that your story models that, first of all, the man has to choose you because Bishop said, I made a decision that I was going to marry her. And then you made a decision in your own heart separately that you didn't want to give yourself to anyone except your husband. And so to those of you who are listening, we're listening, we're talking to Lady D and Bishop Dudley, and we're talking about their love story. Gil and Renee Beaver's over 30-year relationship is the genesis for the Rich Relationship Podcast, which is designed to empower individuals with the tools, principles, and the community needed to unpack ourselves, our past, and our preconceived notions associated with relationships. Let's get empty and grow together so that our lives will be filled with love and healthy, rich relationships. Now let's go into our show. Young men and young women, please hear the moral to the story. The person that's for you has to choose you, women. He has to choose you. And ladies, you have to be a wife when he finds you. You have to bring something to the table other than giving them something sexual. And even going back to what you said, Bishop, about your your mom, you have to be able to grow together. What are some of the areas as a couple where you would say were your biggest growth areas as a couple when you first got married and your biggest strengths as a couple? You know, before I answer that question, I would say uh, also to your listeners, um, one of the things that uh, helped me to know that she was who I wanted to be because I knew she was the woman that matched the vision that I had for my life 
though I was not necessarily living that way at that time, um, was I tried to make a move on her and she resisted me. And I didn't press it much beyond that. And so that, I remember that. Okay. Um, Because, you know, I was used to getting the cookies. And uh, I think that that had an impact on me. Not that I was going to like, okay, now the only, this is a, some pursuit to get that. And then after, you know, the dog catches the truck, then you're dead, (laughs) (laughs) you know, right? not that at all. It wasn't that at all. It just registered because deep within me, I know I had the spirit of the living God in me. And I knew that that was something that I wanted. But uh, in terms of the question that you asked, uh, ask it one more time. What were some of your biggest growth areas in the beginning of your marriage? And what were some of your biggest strengths? Something you brought to the table that was your strength and your growth area as couples. And you guys can both answer that question. Uh, for, for me, I think it was our our spirituality and, and that was the greatest strength. I think the greatest growth area was that we didn't know each other. Uh, in marriage counseling, as you well know, the biggest thing, the biggest, one of the biggest areas that you deal with is um, realistic expectations. Mm -hmm. And when realistic expectations are not appropriately set prior to marriage, they can uh, fail the marriage, Uh, that and money. And so uh, those were the two things that I think we had to deal with. And uh, initially um, we did, we separated and we share this because we've shared this in limited ways uh, we separated for a period because of that challenge, not knowing each other. And so that that would be what I would say. Well, for me, um, it would it would be one, the the finances, that the learning part, the, the, the thing that we had to struggle through together with our, our finances. Um, I did not know Bishop, and I, I I did not know that there was so much debt that was bought into the relationship. So there was a lot of growth in in that area, starting out and really having to struggle to pay off all of this debt. And something that you all don't know that I did not share is that because of my really being feeling strong about my faith there was there there was a um we broke up mm-hmm. want to know when we broke up we broke up the week before we got married mm. wow i gave him back his ring in the park um because i disagreed with him on on some things and i gave him back his ring and we went the whole week this is how I know that this man is was supposed to be my husband. <laughs> we went the whole week and we went through the whole process of getting married when we were still broke up. I mean, he had his ring back and everything. Right. There was something that still pushed me to move forward. And I got my ring back. Dressed in my white, wow, with my veil on in the limo at the church. His wow. best man brought me back my ring and I put it back on my finger. So it was a strong 
knowing that, okay, this is my lifetime partner, because if I really wanted to end this relationship, I would not have gone through with all of this um, because I ended it. I said I ended the relationship, but I, I knew that this was was the man that I was supposed to spend the rest of life with that God had ordained for me because there was such a pull in me to continue to move it, even though I had given him back. Wow. And Bishop and Lady D, you guys have both made some excellent points about family and stress and money and those things. But what could you say to our listeners that are going through those difficult family times when it comes stressed? When you know when you have those big challenges that come about, and as people would call it, the drama that comes along with whether it's money or even just like what we're in the situation now with the COVID nineteen bishop. I I watched one of your morning manna messages, and you were talking about one of the good things about the this episode that we're in right now with everybody being confined to being at home is you're spending time with family. So, what is some of the advice that you could give to listeners about improving some of their family? environments when it comes to those stressful situations, some of the keys that you can, they can take away with. I think communication is, is critical and learning how to talk, to use an I statement as opposed to you statements and why statements. Why statements causes people to be defensive. Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to uh, what, uh, what were you feeling when you did this or that? which invokes a person's feelings. And we are less defensive about feeling sharing than we are, um, I'm doing this because I feel attacked. So I think one of the things that is important that, um, that families share, and this is a very much an immersed time period, but being immersed, here's the second thing, does not, ne- does not mean that you should lose who you are. And therefore, affirming uh, one's differences and affirming what uh, we bring different to the table. And I think that's one of the things that one needs to work through. Uh, A third thing that I think that you can work through, even during this challenging time of finances, families are struggling uh, with their finances and all, or job or the lack thereof, is uh, uh, having a vision, a financial vision for the house, because then having a vision for the house then creates cooperation. Um, And then it creates transparency, a vision, a budget. Okay, here is what we are both working toward, uh, as opposed to that whole thing of, you know, you got yours and then we got something together. No, we, we, everything we have is together. And then understanding and and dealing with and accepting how we feel right now. I may not feel like you feel right now. And if I know how you feel and you know how we feel, which goes back to what Bishop was saying, communicate how, how, you, how do you feel right now not being able to go out and hang out with your friends or go out and play? How do you feel right now uh, being in the house locked up with the whole family all, all day, every day? Okay, 
I express how I feel. Well, since I know how you feel, then I can better deal with you. We can better deal with one another when we know how each other feel and we can talk through it and help one another, help one another through these tough times. You know, I, I had to recover from your story, Lady D. <laughs> I had to let my heart settle. And when I think about what you said about, you know, you guys called it off and you, you've talked about how you guys didn't know each other. If you were talking to a couple who is maybe just getting married, what was one of the things that you did to help you guys get to know each other? And what was the most uh, what was your favorite thing that you learned about him during that process? Well, it was uh, it was really and being once again being transparent. It was difficult getting to know him. Uh, Bishop at that time when we first got married, he was so very serious, and I my personality is one of of laughter and fun and, and, and that kind of thing. And so getting to know one another was not, was not easy. And then the reason that we separated was because my husband did not know me. And, and I don't think he really knew the, my character, my personality like that. And so he felt like he had made a mistake. Those were his words to me. But um, I, I would tell a couple that your first, your first five years, it, it may be tough. If you love one another and are committed to the relationship, you can make it work. But the main thing is understanding you're a man and I'm a woman and that there is major difference in the way we act the way we respond to things and the, the the way that we think there is a there is a total difference between uh, a man and a woman and when you can accept that and and learn th- each other's differences then it you can learn uh, your personalities and grow together as Bishop said earlier grow start growing together so what was your favorite memory favorite thing that you learned about him that you still treasure to this day the fact that this man and I I'd heard him I had heard him preach before but as his wife just the the knowledge the wisdom even as a younger man he had so much wisdom and knowledge and always knew he was going places and that he he was going to accomplish much in his life. That that was one thing that because like I said to you earlier, everything that this man puts his mind to do or says that this is what we're going to do as a family, this is what I'd like to see happen, it comes to pass. So he is a very, he. the, the reason we're where we are now as a family is because of his, his desire and the goals that he has for this family. You know, Bishop, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is kind of, piggybacks right into Lady D's last statement about all the responsibilities that that you carry, you know, from family and ministry and marriage. And how do you actually balance or prioritize all those responsibilities 
someone who may not even be at the level you're at with a large ministry, but when it comes to balancing out the prioritizing of their family and their friends and and also running a, a ministry, what are some of the things that they can do to to set that up for themselves to have as the success that you've been that you have? I think they uh, it's two things. I think one to be where I am, where I am currently, it is easy to balance because I have outstanding people around me. There's just no question about it. The staff that I have around me, they are dedicated to what they believe God is doing through all of us uh, and principally through me. And so I think that would say that keeps it balanced because I can hand things off. And I generally have a lot going on prior to staff, prior to all of that. I would say one would balance by, and oddly enough, I had this conversation with my son earlier today. Um, I would say I schedule my times when I want to do certain things. I I schedule, okay, I'm going to schedule that this is what I'm going to do this time or family this, that, and the other. And uh, I think um, schedule and routine. I think successful people uh, are people who are, who are, um, what word am I looking? They are creatures of routine and habit. Mm -hmm. You know, that uh, the book I read somewhere, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, one of his books that I read, and he was talking about how, um, and it's not unique to him, but he was talking about how uh, elite people, elite whether they are in uh, business, elite whether they're musician or athlete, have done something 10,000 times. And so I think for me, I then say, okay, I then plan when I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And that helps me to keep everything. You know, so I want to ask you the same question, Bishop Dudley, that I asked Lady D. What was the thing that you, like you said, you guys didn't know each other. So what was the thing that you learned about her that today you still treasure? Her spirituality. And you know what's beautiful and the reason why these kind of conversations are so important is because so many people see where you've achieved, what you've achieved but they don't know the process you had to go through. So I think sometimes we make it look easy and it's not. Mm-hmm. And like we got married at 21, we were military and, you know, so you have all these different moving parts, but people who are married over 30 years are just like what you're talking about. We see these common denominators. We see these um, same core values and goals. And so I think that it's so important that we are transparent and I appreciate you guys being hot. We call it, honest, open, and transparent, because this is going to really help a lot of young couples, a lot of people who are in the media or who are in public places to understand what it takes to have a marriage that can last and still be filled with love and life and service to the kingdom of God. And so I'm so grateful for the gift of us all, you know, meeting each other in O'Fallon, Illinois, but being able to share a part of your life that most people don't get to be a part in. And I think that just like when Lady D was talking about hearing you minister, I love to watch you. There's something attractive about seeing a man share the word of God. And and that's a blessing and a curse. And so it's learning how to appreciate you, both your differences and what you both bring. And so I'm, I'm grateful just as someone who's watched you all for a lot of years to be able to see what God is doing through you and in you and to see the fruit of that through Jeffrey and Mahogany. And we just are grateful to have people like you who can leave a legacy of ministry and service and marriage 
and make it look easy. So, Bishop, you you mentioned your book. So if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and watch you and and find out what you and Lady D are up to, how can they get in touch with with the Dudleys? Well, uh, I am the social media person of First Lady. Um, She uh, really cast out demons on social media. (laughs) It's I'm not bad. It's I, not I, bad. I'm with you, Lady D. I'm with you. You can leverage. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me tell you something. I know you asked him asked him the question, but uh, this pandemic has pulled me out. As yeah. a matter of fact, this morning I did my first live Facebook. Yay! With my women, it was a it was it was heavy on my heart, and I've been praying and asking God, God, how do I? What do I do? Make a difference this time, and um, He really stretched me, took me out of my comfort zone, and said, "Get out there, praise God, and minister to these women." And um, I'm not tooting my own horn, but it was blessing. Praise God, and uh, it uh, it stretched me. I'm. I'm out there. My well, praise God. We hope that we were glad to hear that because we need to hear your voice as well. So, so Lady D, what's your social media contact information if you wanted to provide it before D- Bishop Dudley gives his? Your, your Facebook Live that they you can, can tell. See, that ain't even her world. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, I'll let How you talk to Bishop Dudley. I'll let my oh. husband tell. I don't, okay. And we'll definitely put it all in the show notes. You'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it's Lady D is on Facebook, and I and I believe it's Lady D because she, the staff manages her each. It's okay. okay. So, uh, but we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, put it in the show notes and, and my handles as well. I'm on all of the platforms, Twitter and Facebook. And I'm just starting. I'll be launching with iLeadAcademy.net. iLeadAcademy.net. My podcast will be uh, housed uh, with classes that will be in the portal. It will just be so much my objective to develop leaders that will lead. So Bishop and Lady D, we thank you guys so much for taking some of your time and, and investing it in our community. And we really, really appreciate it. And for it. being so hot, honest, open, and transparent. Yeah, uh, I like that thing. <laughs> you can borrow it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all. Uh, we really thank you all for um, seeing anything in our lives that benefited by us sharing pieces of ourselves. And to all of your listeners, we thank God uh, for what God is doing in their lives. And they'll stay connected uh, with this awesome podcast. Podcast. We really oh, appreciate you, it. And folks, just remember, we are stronger together. Let's grow. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your investment in time. Remember to subscribe to the show and hit the notification icon to be notified when new episodes are posted on the podcast platform that you're listening from. Or you can always find us on our website at richrelationshipsus.com or our YouTube channel, Rich Relationships with Gil Renee. If you found this podcast helpful or you think it could help someone that you know and care about, please pass it along and share it with them. And also, you can always send your questions and comments to richrelationships.us at gmail.com. This is a weekly podcast and the new episodes are going to be posted on Monday by 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Remember, we're stronger together. Let's grow.